You're listening to the Modern Web Podcast. For more podcasts, videos, and events, find us online at modern-web.org or follow us on Twitter at modern.web. That's M-O-D-E-R-N-D-O-T-W-E-B. This podcast was sponsored by Kendo React. Kendo React is a professional UI and data visualization component library. Designed and built from the ground up specifically for React, Kendo React can augment any existing UI stack. Its 80-plus feature-rich components and advanced functionality make it the perfect suite to standardize on and remove much of the complexity of working with multiple UI solutions. Hi, everybody, and welcome to this episode of the Modern Web Podcast, and we are talking about developer relations today. My name is Tracy. You can follow me on Twitter at Lady Leet, and I am joined by my co-host, Ben Lesh. Hi, Ben. Hi. You can follow Ben on Twitter at Ben Lesh if you love all things JavaScript. And today we get to talk about this great topic, developer relations with Tessa Mero, who is a developer advocate at Cloudinary. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Hello. And you can also follow me at twitter.com slash Tessa Mero. Yes. We have such easy, well, I have the hardest one, Lady Elite, but you guys just have your names, which is totally perfect. (laughs) Do you know that I knew Tracy for like four years before I figured out that Lady Leet was also Lady Lee T? Like I was just thinking it was like Leet, like she's a Leet hacker, like, (laughs) like, like internet slang. But like, I was like, wait a second, that's her last name and her first initial. (laughs) (laughs) It's been four solid years before I figured it out. And I was like, oh my God. Well, you know what? Now I know too. So funny. Um, so, you know, being in developer relations, being a developer advocate, that means a lot of things. Um, tell us a little bit about what you do at Cloudinary. Sure. So developer advocacy is such a like various, like a long list of different things you can do. And I, um, I'm very grateful that I get to do something that I really love to do is managing a program called Media Developer Experts Program. And it's like a ambassador program, um, but it's not specifically um, advocating or talking about our product. It's um, advocating and talking about the use of the media experience on, on your web applications. And we have about 40 people in the program right now. And then we also have a global community that I started building where anyone is invited to share resources and connect with others on, on media related um, technologies. And I also do a lot of like stuff on the leadership side, which is um, my, my favorite area of things. I read a lot of books on leaderships, um, like partnerships with conferences, meetups, sponsoring stuff, um, collaboration projects with other technologies, collaborations with other developers. And I would do a lot of work with internal teams on collaborations and, and talking with management and making sure we're, we're in line with, with goals and, and initiatives. So there's, it's, it's endless things and it's always different. It's always different. That's really interesting. A lot of fun. I feel like um, a lot of people, I think about developer relations as, oh my God, I wish I was doing developer relations. I would love to just go travel at conferences all the time and hang out and, you know, 
do little POCs of different things and, and learn new technologies? Like, what do you say to those people who think developer relations is that? Or is it? Oh, is my, oh my goodness. Um, so I would say it's like a small part of it, but it's the most time consuming part of it. Because not only do you travel and go to these events and speak at these events, but you still have all of your other projects and, and work that you're doing. You still have to go to all your meetings. I mean, you can skip it and say you're traveling, but then you get really behind on, on these projects. So it's, it's actually um, mentally uh, like exhausting, but at the same time, it's very fulfilling. So it's like hard to not wants to go and, and do these things. There's just so much, it's so rewarding to network and meet other developers and, and educate others. So it's, it's, it's an important factor, but not all DevRel teams have you travel. Um, I know with my role, I'm trying to move away from, if traveling comes back, I'm gonna try to sneak and move a little bit away from that and, and just go to very specific events throughout the year that mean more to me. But it's easy to like get addicted to keep going and going and going nonstop, making more friends and seeing more people. Tracking up those points. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the all the traveling that that I've done for conferences, I, I find that it's really fun until it's no longer fun. <laughs> like right. Right. It's great until you're like, ah, I feel like I've been away for a long time, and until you get off is, the it's, airplane. It's, it's, a, it's a lot of work too. Like you're interfacing with people a lot, and you have to prepare the talks and. and oh. And it, it's endless. Yeah. And then for $300 cheaper, you can get that flight that's 15 hours longer than, than the other option. And then you <laughs> right. feel dead for about three days when you arrive. <laughs> right. That's really interesting. Yeah, I think people forget that, you know, you pe the people you see at conferences who are doing things, they're basically willing to do two jobs because they have to keep their regular job their regular, you know, 40 hours a week, plus they have to speak at conferences, et cetera, et cetera. It's not always yeah. like. I, and I, I did that for a long time on top of having a, a, a full-time job when, before I was DevRel, I, for years, um, I was speaking at conferences and traveling a lot because I was, um, I was contributing to an open source organization for like five years and they sponsored me to like go everywhere and do everything. So I was teaching and on, all full remote online web application program. So I would, as soon as like I'm in my hotel room, I'm like setting up all these um, classroom sessions, sitting in my hotel bed, running like classrooms. And then I'm like, you know, I'll have to leave parties, uh, um, developer parties after conferences early so I can um, grade people's projects the rest of the night. And I, I used to sleep very little for a very long time. Yeah, that sounds exactly like my conference experience and it definitely wears you down, right? It's like, all right, I'm working till, you know, I go see the, to the party for half an hour and then I leave and then I work till, you know, 2 a.m. in the morning in my bed, which is nice because nobody's bugging you and then, you know, mm -hmm. calling up and doing it again. So that's really fun. Um, so tell me a little bit about, you know, DevRel. So I think a lot of people with DevRel, they're like, hey, what do these people actually even do, right? They're obviously just at conferences hanging out. So why, why shouldn't I have like the most amazing job? But what metrics are DevRel people judged on? Like, how do you determine success? So 
for for my team, it's it's all different because um, each um, individual is responsible for a lot of different areas uh, based on what we enjoy doing and what we like the most and and what we want to do. And asking any DevRel about tracking metrics, there you'll you'll get probably a similar response of. Oh. <laughs> uh, so with our team, we track things based on KPIs. Um, you know, we, we each make a list of goals that are all tied to numbers that are all tied to key objectives for the quarter and try to accomplish those objectives, like such as we're going, I'm going to speak at three events next quarter. Um, but there's like different for like other DevRel teams, you can put things in like different buckets or different areas or categories. And, um, and, and it all ranges. Maybe it's related to, you know, people visiting your, the GitHub repo, how many people are, are downloading it, or you go speak at an event, how many people ask questions about the product or how many connections have you made? There's like a absolutely long list of like different metrics that you can judge. I actually ran a workshop here in Seattle, um, maybe a year or two ago, and a, a DevRel workshop, and, and a majority of the attendees were DevRel managers. And the whole session was about metrics and discussing metrics and, and KPIs. So I did a community blog post where we just kind of wrote out every possible thing everyone tracks and just combine it in a big list for for people to like look at and be like oh I didn't know I can track this maybe I should I should start tracking this so I have that on my a pinned post on my twitter a dev.2 post pinned oh, at the good. very top yeah. everyone go to Tessa and follow me <laughs> and read that blog post if you're interested about DevRel and kind of what your actual job will be or what you're actually judged on yeah and and I never thought anyone would actually read the blog post but like you know every couple of weeks I'll get a, a message like of them thanking me yeah like this this post really really helped with with our work or with our team and I'm like oh wow like I didn't really know that made a significant impact yeah so. yeah yeah so you know you told us a little bit about what you do and um it kind of sounds like you have to do everything. So I feel like in order to be a really good DevRel person, you have to kind of be the person who likes to juggle 10 million things. Like if you want to just stay on one project and do one thing, it doesn't There's sound like no you're such thing. successful. Yeah, that's interesting. Like that would be something you'd have to make very clear from the beginning, but I just don't see that working based on all my experiences being in different DevRel teams, even, you know, my first developer evangelist um, experience was, you know, for an open, free and open source organization that was like unpaid and I was still doing, it felt like a million different things. Um, it's, it's so sometimes like I'll spend so much time on just emails and catching up with chat. I'm just like, oh my God, where did, where did the day go? Like I have so many other things I need to do. So every day, like I have to make like a new goal set. Um, yeah. I love that though. I love the fast-paced nature. It's like some people really like that where you're doing 10 million things and some people don't, right? So like for me, I I thrive off of that. It's like yeah. really exciting. It's just how my brain works. Like I'm really good on the organization side. I can just handle and manage so many different things. 
and I don't really like write it all down because it feels like it's like a majority of it's in my head. Right. And I can just like organize, okay, what should be priority today? Okay, when is that due? I keep looking up because I think um, spiders, like I'm very, I never have bugs in my house, but I think a, a, a thing of baby spiders hatched in my house. Oh my gosh. Spiders, oh, no. same, the same spider <laughs> everywhere. They're like, oh my gosh. like, I have to hunt them all down. I'm going to just vacuum, vacuum them, <laughs> vacuum them all. Yeah. Like they're really scary. They're like really big spiders. I don't know where they. Do came. you need to get like a fly swatter? Do you need to go get? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I definitely don't don't like the spiders. <laughs> but this is why yeah. I'm married, by the way. That's. <laughs> so what's uh what is what is something that you don't like about developer relations though? Like what's what's uh something you wish you could change about your field? I mean, I've got a ton of stuff I wish I could change about uh, open source uh, software development, but I'm curious what, what you would change about developer relations. Um, if it was up to me, I would feel like DevRel should always be its own department, but I would say a million people would um, argue with me on that one. Um, I mean, are you guys under marketing right now? We're, we're, we're under marketing, but nothing that marketing works on is related to us. And then nothing we do is really related to them aside from, oh, we'll help promote whatever links you have, um, basically. Um, do but you feel still, like you be under the development organization, the developer like, organization? Like in, in, in my perspective, I feel like developer relations can branch off into so many different teams that it can work really well in its own team because everyone in a DevRel team serves as a, like a liaison between teams. So you can still work with the software engineering team. You can still work with the product team, the education team, the content documentation team, marketing team, and you should be. You should be working with at least one person from every single team, especially um, with, their, with their management. Um, so it doesn't really necessarily have to be nested, uh, depending on how close you guys have work with each other. Um, like with our product team, um, I, I work with one specific person on the team and say, hey, you know, is there, what's the, like in the very beginning, what's the process for um, bringing in customer feedback and, and just understanding, you know, everything that they're working on, keeping up with their updates. So it's important to just join meetings for, for everyone. I'm getting a little bit of feedback. Yeah, same. Um, looks Every like maybe Tracy's having connection problems, but um, so like it's it seems to be like uh, like marketing. If I was to characterize it, it, seems like it's more like a one way communication externally, and developer relations are is more like bi directional communication. So like, whenever I've worked with Devrel folks at other companies like Google or whatever, like it, it seemed to me like that was a way that uh, project managers got feedback from customers and things like that um as well as you know them proselytizing new features and that sort of thing so it's like more of a bi-directional thing is that is that kind of why you wish you weren't part of marketing or like um I, I always thought it was more of an engineering role myself but uh because developer relations like it's certainly more involved engineering wise than than marketing like marketing is is not engineering or usually is yeah, not every every, every collaboration and every um 
initiatives is all related to development or working with other developers or working with other technologies. So, um, I mean, we do have a, a developer product, but there's also one side of the product that's like for non-developers. So, um, and a lot of the, the marketing side is, is tied to their metrics of, of signups of, of, you know, people, um, you know, and, and also upgrading their accounts and, and having paid accounts. Like on, on DevRel side, it's more of, you know, bringing in more third-party content and, and integrations and, and advocating the use of media, advocating the use of, of Cloudinary, figuring out use cases, figuring out how to solve other people's problems and, and creating these connections and relationships with other developers. So it's um, a, a whole different um, area of, play, of things. And I, and I feel like DevRel can break off into, if, into different things, um, but it really depends on how your other teams are set up too. You can have you know, your developer experience team, um, developer engineers, you can have uh, developer content, um, developer marketing. There's just a lot of different, there's community management or developer community related stuff. It just can keep going. And when I look down the road in like 10 years from now, I just see it, it can be its own huge area within its own rather than every, every company saying, no, it should be under this team. No, it should be under product team. No, that doesn't make sense. But you know, it's it's hard to define unless you really know what their product is and how they're structured and everything. So, yeah, just like any organization, it all depends on on their setup. So, is there is there any part of uh, developer relations you that has surprised you since you've gotten into doing this? Is there anything that you're like, well, I didn't expect this to be part of my job, but here it is. Um. Uh. I think nothing is like way too surprising for me because everything is fun. And I know that, you know, I can wake up one day and like yesterday and the sales team asking if I can help on, on doing a, a write-up on, on um, uh, determining if we can get a customer or not, but I won't get into too, too, too much details on that, uh, writing about our initiatives and what we, we've been doing. And I guess if I can choose one element of, of DevRel, um, that's surprising. Uh, and I think anyone could agree with me is just having that ability to be your own leader, to create your own tasks and, you know, and be involved in whatever developer communities that we want to be involved in. Of course, that it has to align with the company's product um, and be able to create initiatives like you know, we're creating our little mini startups and and being that strong voice that relays information, not only externally, but internally between teams and being, um, being able to speak to upper management and make change. Uh, my boss always says, DevRel are change agents because we just, we have that voice of power and and that's not something that I really, thought I had the ability to do at the beginning. But now I, I know what the capabilities are. So if I really strongly feel like a change needs to happen, like I, I will say something. And if no one listens, I will let people know how important it is 
and you almost need to be like entrepreneurial and speak up and just yeah i mean that sounds like the perfect job for me i'm all about that i mean maybe i do devrel at this dot anyways right i think i think i did i was just like oh i like talking and creating events and meetups and whatever and I should probably start a company as well. So. Seriously, I thought you were the de facto RxJS developer relations person. I guess I am. I mean, I am. <laughs> now you are. Now you're, you have the official title. Yes. Yes. Can I, can I be like unofficial official? Get a, get a shirt that says that. I'll get you, I'll get you a sheriff's badge. And be. I love it. <laughs> I am all the roles. So like, you know, another thing about uh, developer relations, and this has actually kind of been interesting to, uh, for me to see, right, um, in my own team is this whole idea of like, okay, hey, go write this blog post, right? Go, go create this like how to whatever, right? And by the way, you also have all these other tasks. Like, how do you time box yourself, right? Because we all know that, you know, you could write a blog post and you could spend, you know, three full days on it. But, you know, is anybody going to pay you for three full days of writing a blog post? I don't right. know. Yeah. So to me, I've, I've also struggled with that area for a long time because I, you know, you can, it's easy to spread yourself thin and say yes to everything. So I like always keep in consideration of like the amount of work you have to do that week. Do you really have time? If you don't have time, just say like, no, this week is not going to work. Uh, maybe we can revisit this next week. And you, you need to have the power to say no, or else you're going to bring yourself out with too many things that you don't have time for. So I always just know in my head exactly what I have to do for the week and for, and maybe some for the next week, and then time, time things based on that. But not everyone is naturally really organized with timelines. So another method would be to talk with your boss and say, like, you know, here's here's different things I have going on. What do you feel is the most priority? Because like to you, everything is a priority because, you know, you have to do it. But like in a, a different perspective, what what should be the main main focus of these 15 different things I'm working on? So like if you forget and it's easy to forget, then just have that conversation. Speak up about everything. I try to just speak up. If something's bothering me, I, I speak up. If I have too much stuff going on, I will speak up. I wasn't like that before, but I've, I've been in the industry for long enough and been in DevRel for long enough where, you know, I, I just, I understand things at um, a greater scale. So we have a, we have a question. We have a series of questions here, just so other people know. Sure. We have a question, a question here written down. And I have friends in developer relations who I think are, they just abhor this question, but like, so I'm going to ask, I'm going to ask the question anyways, which is how do you handle work-life balance? And the reason I say that I know that some of them don't like this question is because they're like, oh, you're on the road so much. Like, how do you like have a, you know, time for your family and yada, yada, yada. But like, how, so how do you handle work-life balance in, in a positive way uh, when you're doing sure. developer relations? So a few years ago, a couple of years ago, I wrote a blog post about how I was burnt out. And I also quit my job and then jumped off an airplane with a parachute, of course, because I'm here. And probably was the best experience of my life. 
and and also jumped on a, a new position and that wasn't like all planned out it kind of just you know how things just happen and opportunities presents itself and you know i reevaluated my life at that point and like what what do i want to do what makes me happy what changes do i want to make in my life that that makes me feel better um and the changes i made was um bringing my hobbies back in my life because i've been always working 12 15 hours a day every day i wake up i go to i'd be on my computer or traveling or whatever it is and then at 2 a.m or you know or midnight i would stop and go to bed and that was every day which is how i built my up my career so quickly um but now it's like after work i kind of want to just like do something fun for like myself or with my family and i play video games at night now uh Oh, what do you play? A shooter games. Valorant is my main game mm. right now. It's like a mixture of Counter-Strike with um, Overwatch style graphics. That sounds kind of cool, actually. I haven't heard of that one. It, it just came out like a month ago. Um, but I started playing it right when um, closed beta started. And I've been entering a lot of competitions. So... I'll join join up a tournament on the weekends for prizes. Nice. So you're so you're really good at it then. I would not say I'm good, but I did win one tournament. So I won a fifteen hundred dollar computer part. Nice. A twenty eighty Ti. If you're familiar with computer nice. parts. Nice. Um, so I do that, and if I, you know, feel like I need a break, I'll take a break. I don't, I'm not going to feel guilty. Why would I feel guilty on investing in my personal health and mental health to, which is an investment to the company? Like it doesn't make sense how Americans see taking time off from work. They see it as being selfish. They see it as, you know, skipping work and, and not doing what you're supposed to be doing. And they feel like they're going to get behind. And of course, you're going to get behind because with a lot, because you're responsible for so much in Devrel. But then, the more exhausted you are mentally and physically, the more behind you're going to get on your work because you're going to sit there on your, you know, eight-hour, ten-hour day, and you just you can't think clearly. You you lose your sense of creativity. It's like to me that sounds crazy. Like why why would you do that to yourself? So if I need a day to go sit and get a pedicure and manicure, like I'll leave for a couple hours and do that. I'll come back and then I'll feel really good and be like, oh my God, like I have so many like fresh ideas. Or Friday, um, I'm gonna like cut workout a couple hours early and go to the spa and you know sit in a sauna and just get a nice good weekend of relaxation. And then Monday is gonna be the most amazing work day and I already know because I'm going to feel really great and have so much mental energy so you have to invest in yourself to invest in your company and and then I didn't bring the fact of children because I, I I see my kids on weekends and in the summertime but they kind of do their own thing they have their own friends and they want to avoid me as much as possible which is fine like they have their own life going on. Yeah, my, my oldest one's just <laughs> getting to that right now. Like she's my best buddy. And now it's like, 
it's like, hey, do you want to come do something? And she's like, dad, so lame. Do I have to? And it's like, okay. Yeah. I've, I've given up on that. Like, come on, please. Like, I'll take you and get a <laughs> Medicare. Like, no, I don't want to. My yeah. friends are waiting for me. Um, they don't want to go anywhere. They don't want to eat anywhere. They're like, can you just bring food? Just go to a restaurant or something and bring me back food. Like, okay, um, you know, I'm just going to continue and cook. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm in the closet with the old boring toys. That's right. Basically what I've. <laughs> I still got two younger ones that find me very exciting still. So we've got that going. I play Fortnite with my son and I'm horrible. Absolutely horrible at it. But, but it's funny. <laughs> so that's yeah, that's that's what I do with the video games, like because they all play video games. So I it's it's my way of connecting with them. So I'll play the games with them. So last night I spent like two hours playing video games with my daughter. So that was nice. Well, at least it's a new way to connect with them. So that's really good that you can do that. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, um, I don't think we have any additional questions, but I thought it was really interesting what you just said about, uh, you know, this like work-life balance thing or taking a day for yourself. I mean, I think you definitely, um, you know, have to have some level of maturity to be able to do that, right? because I'm sure you're making up for that elsewhere and, um, you know, investing in your career, because that's definitely how you got to where you are. So hopefully right. our listeners don't listen to that and be like, yeah, it's totally okay to work 30 hours a week and not get my work done because I needed to relax. It's like, no, it's, it's, you have, you, but there's, there's a balance to that. Like you can't yeah. always do that. It's like a occasional type of deal, a very occasional, like if you really, really need the time off you should take the time off oh yeah absolutely I, I don't think absolutely. I've ever I've never taken advantage of it I think it's it would be obvious if you were but it really depends on what's going on in your life maybe you're going through something big and traumatic and you, you need to take the time off that should be respected that should be something where the team is like you know like I we support you and we're here for you um, if people tell me oh I haven't taken a, a day off in a year like I get upset at them like you're gonna you're about to get lectured and you're gonna get lectured hard oh, or for sure. one says you know I'm afraid to ask for a day off like okay <sighs> we're gonna have to have a talk right now let's let's talk like I don't want because I know that they're gonna be that next person writing that blog post about how they got burnt out and quit everything in their life and and became extremely depressed and I've just seen the same pattern so many times with so many different DevRel people, or even just software engineers, same exact pattern. The people who don't take the time for themselves get burnt out, quit everything, fall in a depression. It's the same pattern. I see it. Like, and maybe not everyone opens up about that, but uh, you know, I'm I'm very TMI and, and open up with with people, and and I hear this way too often. And it like, yeah, I feel I feel those feels inside. It's really important, I think, for especially in a job like developer relations where you're doing 10 million things at once and, yeah. you know, you, you could work for 100 hours a week and still have work to do to say, okay, I need to slow down. Okay, I need to take a day off. Okay, you know, whatever. So I'm glad you've reached the point in your career where you can actually do that effectively. That's awesome. I hope other people can try to do that too. I, I have a, a little bit more of a, a process to that. Like if, if I take PTO 
and I still check my messages, even though you shouldn't, but I do because I, I don't want to completely disappear. If I planned on completely unplugging, I let people know in advance and, and letting them know, here's who you can contact, like the people in, in the program I manage. Here's, you should contact this person. This is the exact time and days I'm, I'm not going to be available. And if you have any questions, you can still send it to me and I'll get back to you as soon as I jump back online. So it's just, you know, just important to give, give people the heads up and the expectations. Um, unless it's like a last minute, oh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be available Friday and just, um, Transparency is always nice. Let people know. Yeah, especially in remote work. I mean, the, I, th I think mm -hmm. that goes for globally in remote work. Like, I'm always encouraging people like, dude, if you're stressed out, go. <laughs> like, take a half day, do what you need to do because, you know, being stressed out and, you know, losing somebody because they're too stressed out is like never a good thing. So there's right. a there's a lot of parallels uh, between, you know, how you're saying you experienced burnout and uh, how open source developers that also have full-time day jobs like end up uh, getting burnout. Cause it's like, while you're working, you think to yourself like, oh, I'm being productive. This is great. Like I'm being productive. This is great. And you do it like for a really long time. And then all of a sudden one day you're like super depressed. You're not super very productive. Um, you know, I have, you, I have if, experience in that area. From, right. Yeah. Like that, that five it, years, it's hard to pinpoint why, right? Cause you were just super productive. So you think you'd be great, but it's because the rest of your life is kind of blah. And then the other thing is like, there's people like me, like I've got ADHD. So like if I work a lot and I get a whole ton done and I get, start to get kind of worn out, like I'm totally like dysfunctional for, for like a day or two or longer after that. Like it takes a long time to recover. So um, like I found I have to force myself to cut myself off, even if I'm in super high production mode and like go spend some time with the kids or, you know, go outside and do something or draw or just do anything that's not work. Otherwise my brain does not work properly for a long time, a long time. Yeah, you, it's it's good to like really understand yourself and like understand what what are the signs of me just needing to just step away even for like 30 minutes. Like it's so hard for me to take a break because like I'll, I'll eat here. Like I live at my desk. You can look at my desk and compare it to my house and you know that I live at my desk. Like I can clean it all I want. It's just stuff everywhere. Um, but I'll just like step away and cook something or step away and go stand on the deck and look outside and be like, Oh yeah, there is an outside world there. Right. Nice. Right. And yeah. I mean, your, your brain's part of your body and you can't expect any one part of your body to work very well if you use it for exactly the same thing over and over and over again all day long. Right. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's going to get worn down eventually. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for, um, you know, interviewing with us and, you know, we had a lot of fun and I think uh, everybody should go to Tessa if you are thinking about getting into DevRel or have questions, definitely read her blog post about it. Um, you know, I think all of us are suffering from this whole work-life balancing during kind of this, this, this time. So hopefully some of you all, uh, if you're feeling burnt out, um, take take this podcast as a way to say, hey, maybe you should just take a day of PTO and go hang out. You know, even if you just sleep all day in your bed and don't go anywhere, you know, that's totally fine. I've, I've done that a couple of times. Right. Yeah. It's, we're, it's no we're all, we're all locked at home. And I think it's, it's way too easy to be like, well, I don't, I don't have anything to do. So I'm just going to keep working. And it's, 
I, right. I honestly think it's bad for people to do that, even if even if they're being productive. Like, yeah, yeah, it's very, like you very. just drain and you forget what you actually like, what your priorities are, which should be your health and you know should be your mental state of mind. So, again, follow Tessa on Twitter, or you can follow myself and Ben. And if you get excited about listening to this podcast and have ideas about the podcast, uh, feel free to message me on Twitter at Lady Leet. I'd love to hear your ideas or topics that we haven't covered. Otherwise, we'll see you next time. This podcast is sponsored by this.labs, a framework agnostic consultancy that specializes in JavaScript. You can find them at this.co slash labs. That's T-H-I-S-D-O-T dot C-O slash labs.